This is Open to Hope Radio, featuring Dr. Gloria Horsley and her daughter, Dr. Heidi Horsley, coming to you on behalf of the Open to Hope Foundation, dedicated to those who are looking for hope after loss. Now, here's Dr. Gloria. Welcome to the Open to Hope Show. I'm your host, Dr. Gloria Horsley, with my daughter and co-host. Dr. Heidi Horsley. Well, Heidi, we're going to take on an interesting issue today because it's involved with funeral planning and death and loss. And wow, funerals don't always go that well. So we're going to get some great advice from our guest today. Heidi, you want to introduce her? Sure, I'd love to. And like you said, Mom, today the topic is going to be a good goodbye. And our guest is Gail Rubin, who is a writer for us on the Open to Hope show. And Gail is author and host of the award-winning book and television series, A Good Goodbye, Funeral Planning for Those Who Don't Plan to Die. She is a certified thanatologist, a certified funeral celebrant, and a speaker who uses humor and films to get conversations started on death, dying, advanced directives, and funeral planning. Welcome to the show, Gail. Great to be with you. It's great to have you on. I love your motto. Talking about sex won't make you pregnant, and talking about funerals won't make you dead. Start the conversation today. (laughs) Yay, Gail. (laughs) (laughs) It's true. I've got a new talk. It's titled, The Birds and the Bees of Mortality. (laughs) No, I like that. That's good. I do, too. We were talking a little bit pre-show about uh, some of your losses, and and I thought they were really key because we want people to know that you've been there, you get it. And so talk a little bit. I know it's been seven years uh, since some of your losses, but to Heidi and me and to a lot of our audience, that's not a long time, is it, Heidi? No, it's not. Yes, I I dedicated my book to three people who died before uh, A Good Goodbye was published. One was uh, Wes Vincent. He was my brother's partner for a number of years, and he died at the age of 50, Mm -hmm. uh, had liver cancer. And um, one of the things that he said is, don't have a memorial service for me. And that is like a really cruel thing to say to the people who love you, because if nobody loved you, they wouldn't have a memorial service for you. You know, I hear a lot of that right now. I hear a lot of people saying, don't show my body and don't give me a memorial and that kind of thing. And uh, yeah, you know, how do you deal with that? Well, we went ahead and had one anyway, (laughs) because it's really for the living. And as my brother said, we didn't do it for Wes, we did it for us. Right. And and that's a, a very important thing. And the other the other person who died is who I dedicated it to was my father in law, um, Norm Bleicher. He he lived a good long life. He died at the age of eighty two. But at, when he was seventy nine and I was just coming around to the idea that I wanted to write this book about funeral planning and hadn't planned a funeral for anybody before. So I asked him, you know, we're going to go pre-plan for you. What do you want? Just a simple casket. That was the only guidance he gave us. And and my mother-in-law really didn't like it at the time. She didn't want to hear about it. Her husband was going to live forever. And when we went to pre-plan, we were amazed how much information we needed that we didn't have. And we were really glad he was still alive to provide that information. So I, I think about him a lot when um whenever I talk about funeral planning because when he did finally uh die it he fell, broke his hip and as you know that can lead to a, a pretty steep decline in a short period of time. And we were all there when he died. It was a beautiful passing. And we were exhausted because we'd been schlepping back and forth to the hospital for seven weeks. But 
You know, we went to the funeral home the next day, and it was easy and quick. My mother-in-law just put everything on her credit card. Think of the points, the miles. Mm. And um, (laughs) uh, she even said to me, you know, I really didn't like it when you were pre-planning, but now when we needed it, I'm really glad it was done. It's it's so important. Right. These memorials and services are for the living. They're a place where we can go and celebrate the life and the relationship we had with this person and say our final goodbyes. Absolutely. Well, uh, yeah, but I'll have to say one thing. You can get a little too compulsive, Gail. My sister-in-law planned her husband's funeral, and he didn't particularly want it planned himself. And then she decided to have a luncheon after or a get-together after, whatever you want to call it. Usually, yeah, gathering with food is part of the deal. Gathering with food, we'll call it that. But but get this, she wanted to know who'd be there. He hadn't died yet. Don't forget that. Oh, she man. wanted to know which family members would be there. <laughs> RSVP. That, that is a little over-controlling. That's, Mom, that's she unusual. I think that Heidi most people out. are the opposite of that. And I think that Gail touched on why. Because if we start planning these funerals, it's almost like we're admitting to ourselves that this person that we loved is going to die. And sometimes we don't want to go there. Exactly. Right. But I love that you you did it with your your mother-in-law, and and she said to you after, look, I'm so glad that I took your advice and did this. Well, she didn't do it. We did it for her. But she was glad Mm -hmm. it had been done. Right. And it really, it's, it's a lot of pulling information together. Because if somebody dies suddenly, and there's no and people don't know the social security number, or, you know, where the veterans papers are or anything. You've got stress, incredible stress on top of grief. And, um, you know, we can't avoid grief. I mean, that's a part of the process. But we can minimize the stress by having our information pulled together and talking with our loved ones about what we might want. Now, I I know you've got five things that you must know about anyone to whom you might have to plan a funeral. What are the five things that I need to know about them? Okay, Social Security number, very important. You know your own number, but would you know your spouse's or a sibling's or anyone else you might be put in the position of planning for? Mother's maiden name. By the way, I'm jotting this down. Oh, good. Mother's maiden name, place of birth, and veterans information. All those four things go on a death certificate. Now tell me that the the veteran thing goes on it. We'll talk about that. Like where, what branch of service, and um, in some cases even you know when they served and what theaters. And it's important to have those papers because if you want to have burial in a in a uh, national cemetery, which is free to the family. You need to have that proof of that. And also, my dad had the guns shot and all that. That was pretty cool. That was amazing. I think there's nothing more powerful than a military burial. Uh, they, they are amazing. And you can have them at any funeral, uh, any uh, cemetery. Absolutely. Just get a hold of the National Guard. Um, Very cool. And, and part of that is, you know, you need to know about their service so that you can get those uh, military honors. Mm-hmm. Now, the fifth thing is passwords. In our online lives, you die and you take your passwords with you, your your loved ones are going to be in a heap of trouble. 
trying to shut down accounts. You know, I, I know that we've had a, a friend's daughter die, and and she couldn't do anything about her Facebook page or, you know, deal with that. And it was very upsetting to her. Maybe we could ask people, we don't want your Facebook, but write a note to us and tell us where it is or something. Yes. Um, I highly recommend writing down that sort of stuff, although I did find out recently about a service called eClosure ah. that uh, is out of Australia. It just brought their services to the United States, and for $150, they will shut down email accounts, oh, social great. media accounts, Facebook, Twitter, uh, uh, LinkedIn. That is so good Apparently, to know. And, and they don't need the passwords. They just need proof of death. Oh, so, um, wow. So I think that's a really wow. interesting service. People can, can find a link to that through my website, agoodgoodbye.com, um, or or just find it eClosure. Just look it up online. But I wanted to mention after-death ID theft. Oh. 25% of people who die, their identities are stolen. And that's one reason to wow. shut down your social media and email accounts. What percent was that again? 25% Oh, my gosh. That's shocking. That's amazing. That's disturbing. Yeah. Oh, wow. So one thing to know when you're doing an obituary, while genealogists love to get the date of birth and date of death and place of birth and mother's maiden name, that's what ID thieves use to rip off the identities of dead people. So you have to be very careful with your obituary writing. So what shouldn't you put in? Date of birth? Date of birth, date of death, place of birth. Mother's maiden name. Wow. Because Don't put any of those in. That all goes on a death certificate, So, uh, as well right. as a birth certificate. You know, it, it, it's almost yeah. as bad as putting your Social Security number in the newspaper. Oh, my gosh. That's an incredible thought. Okay, now I want. I know there's some people out there listening and saying, oh, I blew it. I didn't do any of that, and, and here I am. It was a mess. It's been a year later or whatever. Do you have any rituals that I could do to kind of pull myself together at the grave, or can I— could I do things now, even though it's been later? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, I'm, I'm Jewish, and in the Jewish tradition, we have an annual event called the Yard Site, which is an opportunity to light a candle. What I love to do is put a picture of that loved one on my kitchen table and light this candle that burns for 24 hours, and it's, it's usually at the date of the death. And during the 24 hours, it's as if that person's spirit is coming to my house and visiting and just checking in with, with us. And I, uh, I think that's a, a lovely healing uh, remembrance and opportunity to think about that person in a good way. That's a great idea. Well, I know you're in Albuquerque. Can you tell us a little bit about your death cafe? The Death Cafe is a movement that comes to us from the United Kingdom, and I was actually the second person in the United States, the first one west of the Mississippi, to hold this event. It's a free event where people, total strangers, come together to talk about what's on their hearts and their minds about mortality issues. You have some coffee or tea, a cookie, some cake, so you have to have food and, uh, and no agenda, and it's amazing what people talk about, what they're concerned about. I, I hear a lot of concern about uh, control over medical issues, um, you know, how we die, uh, financial issues, a little bit about funeral planning. Uh, but it's, it's just all over the, 
all over the map, and even uh, talking about after death. You know, I've had a couple of people who have had near-death experiences, and those are just amazing stories, and and I think hopeful. Um, it's led me mm-hmm. to believe that, you know, there is something beyond this physical lifetime, and it's pain-free. Well, how can people get in touch with you, and do you do any consulting over the Internet? Yes, I, I do uh, speak and uh, come with funny films and um, do different presentations uh, on how to get the conversation started for funeral planning, and even some grief relief. I'm I'm looking at putting a a new uh, film clip collection together for that as well. So my website is agoodgoodbye.com. I do offer a free planning form. You can uh, put your name and email in, and you'll get a form that will help you pull all this information we've been talking about together so that for yourself or for others in your family, you can be prepared. And if you live in the Albuquerque area, are you doing your grief cafes? Uh, Death cafes, yes. Um, Coming up on the holidays, we're taking a little break, but um, we do them about once a month. And on my website, there there is a tab under events for death cafes and Uh, you can see when we've got our next one scheduled. Hey, Gail. Well, thank you so much for being on the show today. And wow, you've really enlightened me. I've got some information I'm going to be uh, taking home and using and talking to my family about for sure. Well, great to talk to you. Thank you, Gail. Well, thanks for listening to our show today. And as always, Heidi, and I say to you, if you've lost hope, please lean on ours until you find your own. And God bless. You've been listening to Open to Hope Radio, hosted by Drs. Gloria and Heidi Horsley. Like today's edition, all of our past programs are available on demand at opentohope.com, along with helpful articles, videos, resources, and links to help get you through the toughest time of your life. You can also follow us on Facebook and Twitter and sign up for our monthly newsletter. Again, that's opentohope.com. Check it out today. Then be sure to stop by next Thursday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time when we'll be posting another edition of Open to Hope Radio. Remember, others have been where you are. They made it through, and you can too, as long as you're open to hope.